Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast. On a Sunday, we're going to talk some USC Trojan football with the coach, Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde, or go to his website, harveyhyde.com. We've got some questions. Of course, there's some big news with uh, draft-eligible players declaring, uh, leaving school early and declaring for the NFL draft, so we'll talk about that. If you have any questions or comments, email us, podcast at uscfootball.com, or you could call or text us at 424-254-9141. Now, we have, uh, we've been doing a bunch of shows. I just got back into town a couple of days ago, so uh, be able to do these out of the studio, so it should be a little bit more regular again. I have a, a big pile of questions that were just kind of general questions. Uh, they weren't addressed to any host in particular. So I'll try to do a solo show this week to address all of those. So I apologize we haven't got got to those yet. But if you had a question for Coach, make sure you label it for the Coach. For Dan Weber, if you want it for the uh, um, Family Feud podcast, for Keeley and Shotgun, do that as well. Or if you just want me to answer it or do it with one of my guests, uh, you can send it over there that way as well. All right, well, let's bring in the Coach and talk about the latest news and notes going around this USC football program. What's up, Coach? How you doing? I'm doing great, buddy, and welcome home. Happy New Year to everyone out there. We've had some great college football in the, of course, the NFL playoffs, and uh, that's when football really gets good in the NFL. So uh, here we go again. Uh, it's going to be a great game on Monday night, and, of course, we've got a lot of uh, action with USC as far as recruiting and players coming out and possible uh, staff changes, all these questions that uh, we'll try to answer for you. Yeah, there's lots going on. Um, not a whole lot of news coming out of USC as far as the administration goes. Uh, we've heard from a couple of the players, which we'll talk to in a second. And before we jump into all that, wanted to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets. If you want to get tickets for a concert, any kind of sporting event, no more Rams football. They lost yesterday. Um, but you want to go to see a play, you want to see... Uh, your favorite band, go to sctickets.com. They can help you or give them a call at 1-800-888-7287. I think the Lakers have lost nine in a row. If you want to go to a Lakers game, it's probably a little cheaper now uh, with the Lakers. Of course, no more L.A. football. The, the Chargers made a pretty good run, uh, but didn't make the playoffs, obviously. The Rams uh, lost to Atlanta yesterday in the Coliseum, the first Playoff game in the Coliseum in like 30 years or whatever. So um, there was some playoff football back in the L.A. Coliseum. And uh, now construction will begin or their de- destruction, I guess. They're going to start tearing things out and then uh, start doing the renovation. So it should be really interesting. 2018 in the L.A. Coliseum. Uh, we'll we'll keep keep you updated on what's going on over there. But if you need tickets for anything, go to sctickets.com and they'll help you out. All right. Uh, coach? Right, right. One, one, oh, one sure. quick thing I want to say. Yeah. I want to congratulate the Rams and the Chargers on really a great year. Okay, they really did have a great year. We don't talk about them much, but I want to point out a point. Two weeks ago, uh, uh, the Rams sele- or elected not to play some of their players as far as in their final game of the year at San Francisco. 
I always say you've got to practice football, you've got to play football to stay on the same tempo and intensity with your timing and everything that you do, whether it's tackling or receiving or running or blocking, it makes no difference. Yesterday I didn't think the Rams were sharp. And I'm not saying uh, it's all too not practicing hard or playing two weeks ago in the game. But I always say it doesn't make any difference what level you're on. They're a young football team. You hear me talk about it at USC all the time. Practice, practice, practice football. And do it in a football manner. Well, when you set out players for a period of time, you lose the timing, you lose the intensity, you lose a little bit. And I saw or thought yesterday the Rams had lost a little bit of that. They're a far better football team, not taking anything away from Atlanta. But I think they're a better football team than that, and I didn't think they played up to what they should have. Well, last week, Atlanta was playing and kept their sharpness. I just want to point that on out before we go on. So I'm not just talking about always USC. I can point it out with other games, too. Yeah, I mean, that, that happens a lot when you see teams that get the bye week, and then you're wondering, is that really a good thing? I mean, obviously, you don't have to win a game, but sometimes a team coming off the, the wild card game looks a lot better than the team that had the best record and has a bye week. You're exactly right, and uh, they did. They elected it. wasn't a bye week. By week, they made it a bye week yeah. for their stars and their players. And hey, you just can't do that. You got to play football all the time, but you lose your sharpness and your intensity and your preparation and all of that uh, advantage you have. All right, let's. Uh, we're gonna. So the big news. Uh, we got some breaking news. Not really breaking anymore. But okay. So wow, wow. Like we got some sound effects. Um, Sam Darnold is not coming back to school. He will enter the NFL draft along with running back uh, Ronald Jones, who finished number five all time on USC's uh, rushing list. Um, Kind of, you know, we're hearing some conflicting things about uh, Sam Darnold, what he was going to do, kind of felt he was going to come back. Um, You know, three turnovers in the Cotton Bowl, and then within 25 minutes of Josh Rosen across town, announcing he's going to go to the NFL. Uh, Sam Darnold put out an Instagram video uh, declaring he was going to uh, move on to the NFL. So we do have a question, Coach. I'll play a voicemail for you, and then we can get your reaction on uh, both of those guys. So here's the the voicemail question we got about Sam Darnold. Hi, this is uh, Daniel from Los Angeles, uh, stating about Sam Darnold uh, going to the NFL. Uh, What do you think, Coach Ryan or... Uh, Dan Weber, uh, this should be the best option for uh, Sam Darnold. Uh, he was regressing at uh, USC with the coaching staff that we have. Uh, this will be the best option for him, and by him having not so great of a season, he won't have to go to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so, pop most likely. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that? And also, now we do get to see what Clay Helton is about, because he does not have Sam Darnold in his back pocket to save him next season. Uh, now he really has to show what he can do as a coach. And honestly, I, I don't think Clay Helton makes it past his third season. Uh, not being negative, but 11-3 and three every season, 11-2, and two, it, it doesn't work. 11-3 and three is not a bowl win uh, if you count the, the games USC plays. Um, that third loss is always going to be a bowl loss. Uh, it, and you don't know what bowl that would be. Uh, I feel bad for dealing with McCullough because the guy is a great coach. Hopefully, when they do get rid of Clay Helton, they keep him around. Um, thoughts on that? Thanks, guys. 
Well, I'm, to try, I'm going to try to answer your question all in one, one answer because you, uh, it's all related. First of all, you know, for all you tr- Trojan fans out there, who really thought he was going to stay realistically? I mean, you look at where he's ranked in the NFL. You look at this, what is he, 20-4, and four, a Rose Bowl victory, a Cotton Bowl game. Yes, he had 22 turnovers, did these different things, but it was all on his shoulders, the whole thing. And, uh, and uh, you know, realistically, if you're his parents, what do you say? Uh, when you're ranked one, two, or three in the draft, uh, do you stay? Do you take a chance of, of, of going down or not having a great year or possibly getting injured? The kid played hurt as it was at times. He never complained. Uh, I hadn't seen any type of change in the coaching staff where uh, they would say or they made changes to say uh, stay because we're going to do the certain things that we're going to do to improve your reading, reads and so on. So, you know, uh, you might all get mad at me, but I think that he should have gone. And I think Jones should go, and he did. I think Port Augustine should come back, and he did. I think it's tremendous. He gives an, gets another opportunity. This is a good kid that really deserved it, and unfortunately he didn't get to have the type of year he wanted. But I think the number one thing, and here we go to the coaching now, did the coaches really realistically think he was coming back? I mean, even if he was, you've got to prepare for the future, and that's the number one thing you've got to do is if he does go, and if Rojo does go, what are we going to do about it? And right now we all knew, or at least I knew, and I'm not even on the coaching staff, that there was a 95% of him leaving. Let's be realistic. So what we do as far as the quarterback position, how do you correct that? Do you do it with three freshmen, one that doesn't come in till the fall, two that are on campus, or do you take a chance at maybe somebody that started in the Southeastern Conference that possibly wanted to come to USC, I don't know if they. I, I don't know. Definitely, I haven't talked to Shea Patterson, but here's a kid that played in the Southeastern Conference that I believe was interested in Southern California. Why not go after him? Have him come in in the spring, uh, be a leader, compete for the position, a great player, and bring the other three quarterbacks in. Why not? And if one of those three can beat him out, so be it. But you've got to prepare for the future, and you've got to anticipate these type of moves. Now, as far as Ron Jones coming out, yes, you've got Carr. Yes, you've got Malapiai. Yes, you've got Warren. You've got the new freshman quarterback. Did, did you need another running back? Did you need someone else? Because why not be realistic and know that Jones is going to leave? I mean, he did everything he could have done at USC. Great kid. Loved his statement as far as when he came out and how he did it. So that's where it starts. How do you now build a program around not having Sam Darnold or not having Ron Jones? That's the key thing. What improvements? How are you going to allow now a freshman quarterback to be your leader like George's quarterback was? You've got to establish certain things to make him a better football player early. You can't rely on the pass as much as you've had. You've got to have your starting lineup. You've got to be ready to go. But your second game of the year is against Stanford. It's Stanford. You beat them twice this year now. Let me tell you, they're going to be ready, David Shaw, for USC. So my whole thought is, how do you build around a young quarterback to be effective and support him 
and let him gain confidence as the season goes along. Don't put it all on his shoulders. That's the number one thing I'm looking at. I agree with you, Coach. And uh, this is, uh, you could tell from the caller, not a huge uh, Clay Helton fan. And, a lot, you know, there's a, there's a significant portion of the USC fan base that's not really happy with the coaches. And uh, you can, you, there's some of our questions you can kind of get that vibe from. But a lot of the, I guess the most critical fans of Clay Helton's era is they're saying, and they've been saying, wait until Sam Darnold leaves. He's the only reason USC is winning. Now they got a, another phenomenal quarterback coming in. If you saw the Army game, JT Daniels reclassified. Um, you know, that, that worked out well. He won't be there until the fall. So it's not like he can come in the spring and compete. He will be here a year early at USC. Um, but you know, it's going to be, he'll have some of the summertime and then, uh, fall camp to try to win the job over Matt Fink, who was Sam Darnold's backup this year. And then, uh, Jack Sears, who was his backup at San Clemente and redshirt this year running the scout team. So it'll be really interesting in spring football. And then, of course, in fall camp, if JT Daniels comes in and just wows everybody, we'll see what happens there. But this is kind of what a lot of the fans were waiting for, Coach. They were like, look, Clay Hill, they just, a lot of them feel that Clay Hill's not that good, and the, the only reason USC was winning is because of Sam Darnold. Well, you know, I'm not getting into uh... – Clay Helton uh, is being good or not being good. I'm getting into how do you make these kids better and how do you continue with the tradition of USC and how do you win a national championship on top of a Pac-12 championship. And you do it by thinking ahead. You don't just play year to year. You play ahead. Your recruiting classes is your future. You've got to continue to get better in recruiting. You've got to continue to move to the next level. Obviously, they're, they're happy at the level they are at as far as winning the Pac-12 championship, but is everybody else happy at that? Now, uh, that's hard to do when a Pac-12 championship, but you've got to look at the next year, and everybody's got to look forward to saying, hey, we're going to be okay. And right now, people are saying you've got two freshman quarterbacks on scholarship, and that's all there is there. Can a kid from Glendora High School get it done? Can Sears uh, get it done? Well, if they can't get it done, is Daniel's going to get it done? A young kid that we play in high school football. I think he had a great career. I think he, you know, he played on the number one high school football team in the country, and he did a great job. But can he come in without any spring practice and get it done and play at Texas? I mean, that's not easy going to Texas. They just had one of the best recruiting classes in in the country. So you've got to think ahead, and you've got to always know what people expect of your football program and where that football program is. So I'm hoping in the recruiting office, and I'm not on the board or I'm not putting together everything, but I hope they've got a plan on how they can surround these young quarterbacks with great players. And I'll tell you this, guys, I still would not exchange their roster with any other roster in the back 12 now quarterback yes they're going to be down brownie's back uh, costello's back yeah there'll be other uh, there'll be other great quarterbacks in the conference but how do you overcome those uh, those other teams by playing great defense and also by bringing your quarterback along because you can't just throw him to the wolves you can't just go out there and expect him to throw the ball or throw the ball 40 times against UNLV because it works you got to go out there and develop your entire team. And if you can't run the football, you're not going to win big time. Look at both the teams 
that are in the national championship game. They're both like identical. Great defense, run the football, hard nose. You know, throwing the football isn't the way they're trying to win. They're going to hammer you to death, out-physical you, be stronger than you. So you've got to analyze what you have to do to get to that level. All right, Coach. Well, let's uh, let's talk some more about some other topics. Uh, you know, big news. Two of you know two of USC's best players, uh, maybe their two best players, are no longer going to be on the program. Uh, and no longer be in the program. This is a voicemail question we got. I'll play it for you, Coach, and get your reaction. Hello, Ryan. Man, this is uh, Quentin Austin calling from uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, West Coast kid living in the SEC country. Man, my question is, man. Going around some of these schools down here, um, have some family members down here that play for some of these SEC teams, uh, watching practice and everything. It's just the aggressive nature that they have, the the not one to be disrespected, the the savage savages like to play with savages. It's just that whole feeling. My question is, what is it going to take for Coach Helton and some of the staff members? to really get their players to buy into that same kind of mentality that, that we are the bullies. You know, some of the mentality that some of the, you know, some of the P teams had was they were bullies, and they knew they were bullies. So what's it going to take for Clay Helen to get them to be, believe in being a bully, but being a savage, just all-out baller, you know, playing their butts off? You know, I mean, as soon as we do that, especially in the trenches, it can't nobody stop us. On. Well, thank you very much, and uh, I think you bring up a good point. First of all, if you watch the Southeastern Conference and you, and you read about it, and you see there's there's no holding back. You're going to pay your defensive coordinators two million dollars. You're going to pay them two and a half million dollars. You're going to steal other defensive coordinators from other top programs. Hey, nothing's sacred. It's all winning and doing what it takes to win. Now, I don't know if anybody in the Pac-12 or if USC is willing to do that. Bring in the top coordinators in the country. Bring in the guys. I'm not saying the the ones they have aren't, but these others are ones that are respected and have done it, and people are fighting over them. So first of all, you've got to have the the correct pilots, the correct crew to fly this Air Force One. And he's got to be able to surround himself with these type of people. And if he's satisfied with the staff he has and he thinks he can take him to the level of the Southeastern Conference, so be it. That's not me to, to uh, uh, evaluate. But I'm saying you've got to show you want to play big time. You, got, you can't talk big time. You've got to be big time. And to be big time, what does that mean? You've got to have defense. You've got to have guys on the offense and the defensive line that know what it's all about. It's smash mouth. It's, it's competition. It's challenging each other. It's going against the best every day. It's, it's all of this that makes that type of program where it's sacred. Hey, football down there in the Southeastern Conference, it's what it's all about. Well, you've got to make your program that type of program, too, because now in Southern California, you've got competition, too. People have a choice. They've got the Rams. They've got the Chargers. Now they've got uh, Chip Kelly over at UCLA. But USC fans have owned this town. They still are number one, I would say, in Southern California, even with the success of the Chargers and the Rams and also with the coaching change at UCLA. But how do you maintain that? You do that by winning. You do that by surrounding yourself around the 
best people you can get and the best players you could get. Hey, don't kid yourself. You're not going to out-coach people today. You've got to have players to coach, and then you've got a chance. Everyone is trying to win. Everyone is trying to win. It's not like USC isn't trying to win, but everybody's trying to win with great players. So I think the first thing you've got to do is think big time, to be big time, and don't be afraid to do whatever is necessary to play at that level. All right. Thanks for that one. Uh, we got a text question. She said, hi, all. This is Linda in Hermosa Beach. I've thought about uh, our far from inspiring play this year. I was an LAUSD teacher for 40 years. Wow, that's amazing. And always found that my students mirrored my attitude about things. After listening to Coach Carroll say, boy, isn't this fun? Over and over. I'm wondering if it's possible our players are mirroring mirroring the anxiety of coaches with regard to 12 weeks without a break, over-practicing, injuries, and innovative uh, play. Just a thought. P.S. Love the podcast. Thanks for all you do in keeping us informed. Thanks, Linda. My neighbor in Hermosa. Well, good. Well, listen, uh, you know, I agree with you. I think, first of all, you can't be easy and nice and then all of a sudden get tough. It's easier to be strong and tough and fair than it is to let it go and then try to get it back. So you've got to be careful there, and I'm not quite sure exactly the state of the program. I'm not quite sure, you know, uh, of what and where it is as far as with the players, the personnel, what they're happy with, what they're satisfied with, and all of the above. But you've got to be stern, and you've got to be not, not, not ugly, but you've got to be tough. They do follow your your personality, especially behind closed doors. You've got to be able to tell them the truth. You can't mislead people, not that they are, but you've got to let them know what you expect of them. You've got to let them know how you, we're going to be the best at anything, riding the bus, flying in the airplane, the coin flip, the sideline control. Everything we do is going to be more disciplined than anything else, and it starts with little things, the way you practice, the way you dress at practice, the way you hustle at practice, the way you stand on the sidelines, you, whether you pay attention when your coaches are talking, all of the above. And you can't all of a sudden bring attention to it when you haven't had attention to it. And I'm not saying they haven't had attention to it, but they've got to be, you know, my, my feeling is, you know, got to be ready to play every minute, whether it's in practice or in the game. Hey, if I call your name, you run on the field. You don't look for your helmet. You already have it in your hand, or you have it on your head where you should be. I used to tell my kids, keep your helmet on at all times. If you don't think it's important, it's, it's important to protect yourself even when you're on the sideline. Run in and play without it if it's not important. So you've got to keep that type of intensity and that kind of concentration where you focus the entire time no matter when you're with your team, and you've got to make sure you do it at the best. And today... Kids are different. I'm the first one to say, oh, coach, there are people who say, you can't do that with my kids today. They are going to listen. Hey, kids love discipline. Kids like to know what they can do and what they can't do. Yesterday they're kicking balls into the stand in the Army All-Star game. They're throwing balls into the stand. They're signing autographs. They're stars before they come. They're stars before they come to, to USC, school in the country. I'm saying, wow, cut that stuff out. Throw flags on all that stuff. What's happened to this? This looks like a circus. Let's make it a football game, what it's all about, and take all that 
me away and focus on me, the way I wear my jersey, the way I wear these socks, the way I put things on my arms, the way I do all these different things. Hey, you got to be a team to win. You don't see anybody else doing all that stuff that has big-time programs. And I was at the Rose Bowl game, okay? And I saw big-time programs play. And you can see the coaches on the sideline all dressed the same. You can find the head football coach. You can see all the little things that signify the difference between winning and losing. Yes, Coach. Um, it's a lot of those little things. And I think a lot of USC fans are kind of upset that, that some of that stuff is, is, is creeping in. And uh, they look at, you know, when if they lose a game, then you could, that's something you can blame it on. So um, if everyone's winning, then I don't think anyone cares. But when you start losing games, then people get upset. Um, we had one from Tarek with a Q, Coach. Um, so he's concerned about, uh, no, like you, like you mentioned, a bunch of staff changes that are happening and bidding wars on defensive coordinators and things like that in other places. Um, nothing really happening on the USC front. He's saying, um, I hope that Clayhon understands it doesn't take a subpar season to make coaching changes. Nick Saban doesn't hesitate to change assistant coaches if he feels they aren't getting the job done even when they win national titles. Part of the key to being a great coach is hiring other great coaches, not settling for less due to your relationship. Uh, when you are not able to make those changes, then you put your job on the line instead of someone else's. Thoughts from Tarek with a Q. I agree with you. But again, uh, does USC want to spend that type of money? Right now, great coaches know they're going to get paid somewhere. They're going to get paid now. They've started that. And you can't blame the coaches because people are willing to pay them. So especially in living in Southern California where it's far more expensive to live in Southern California than it is in, you know, College Station or one of these other spots. So you've got to be able to raise your ante. Now, the Southeastern Conference television revenue is 10 times, I'm guessing, that of what USC's is. And I would say the attendance in the Southeastern Conference, whether it's a spring game or a regular game, they don't care who they play as a sellout, okay? So the revenues are much higher, while the Pac-12 network isn't generating the revenue that these other conferences are generating. So they can't play in the big time as far as when it comes to college salaries. And uh, I don't know if they're willing to do the uh, play and pay and get the type of coaches that it to win a national championship or go back and forth. Not that they wouldn't want to do it, and I'm not saying that the coaches they have there aren't that good a coach, but are they willing to make that commitment or are they still thinking we're SC, we're SC and people are willing to come here for less because we're USC? Well, they're willing to go to USC. Don't get me wrong. What a great program it is and the tradition of it. But you got to remember, it's getting now more of a me than team. It, it, it's a whole different ball game now than what it used to be. Coaches are leaving before bowl games. They're leaving because of the money. And players are coming out early, which they never came out early before. Why? Because financial parts of college football, the revenues that they're getting, why would they stay? Why would coaches stay? Uh, you see all of these happening you'll see a coach having a great season and the next year he's getting fired so all the loyalty part of college football has somewhat changed it's what's best for me 
Now at USC, they've got to start feeling that way as far as what is it going to take to win big time. If they're not getting the television revenue that the other schools are getting, they've got to generate the funds if they want to continue to move in that direction. And I think that indicated it, too, in the bowl games, one and eight or whatever they were, one and seven or one or eight. And there's a lot of close games, don't get me wrong. But, you know, people use this as comparisons in recruiting and everything else. So, uh, you know, Washington State's defensive coordinator goes to Ohio State as a co-defensive coordinator. Uh, why would that happen? Why would you do that? Because of financial gains and because of possibility of becoming a head football coach. So you've got to evaluate where you are and what's best for you now. So I hate to say that because that's not what I believe in. But that today is where the focus is. It is, Coach. And we had another text question cut along those same lines. Um, what about Clay Helton hiring some ex-big-time head coaches? Maybe Rich Rod, Hugh Freeze, Art Bryles. Could you see any of these as a possibility? And let me uh, – I'll chime in real quick. All those guys have questionable um, off-field <laughs> – uh, more than questionable, like very, you know, terrible accusations off the field. So um, I don't think those guys, I mean, I get the point, but those guys all have tremendous baggage, which I think would be harder to bring in. No, it's hard to bring them in. And uh, because uh, they distract from your focus of your team because of the media and everybody talking about it. Not that they aren't great coaches, uh, you know. You've got to have focus on the football field. You've got to have focus on what's right for your university and your players and so on. So, you know, those guys, if they're going to continue to coach, will have to sit out a year or two, go to the NFL, get a bandage on what they've done, find out if they can get that stuff together. And I'm not saying they've done anything. I'm just saying this is what and the way I feel as far as, you know, as far as USC and the question the guy asked me. You got to bring in guys that, that don't have baggage. You got to bring in guys that are great, guys that are potentially all head football coaches. Or, as you said, there are coaches out there that have been head football coaches that bring a lot to the table that know what they're doing. So, uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with hiring ex football coaches that know. And you hear me say this all the time surround yourself with guys that can help you, that's been through it, that's they've been in stadiums with the lights on. They can advise you and talk to you. Now, as a head football coach, your vote is more than anybody else's. It might be 9-1, to one, but I'm going to take it away. So, you know, you've got to have this, I call it security. You've got to have people around that have uh, been in these down-distance situations and know exactly what's going on and can teach. And you have the confidence in that if you fly back on a separate plane or you're not at practice because something happens, that the practice is going to go great, just as good as if you were there. And uh, these are the type of guys you've got to have around you. Uh, there's one guy that we've talked about a few times, Coach, that maybe we have different philosophies on. Um, I, I'm definitely advocating bringing in experienced coaches um, for consultants and things like that. And the, and the person in this voicemail I think he'd be a great, like, hey, bring him in as an offensive consultant or something. Um, I, you know, I love when Nick Saban brought in Steve Sarkeesian, like an offensive consultant. Like, that stuff's great. Um, I'm just not advocating going back and, like, a lot of USC fans, they just want to hire people that they they know. Like, oh, go, you know, and this is Norm Chow. Go get Norm Chow. It's like, okay, well, that was, you know, how many years ago? I'd love to see him on the staff as a consultant, you know, in a consultant role, not, like, coming in and, 
trying to bring back the the glory of that. The UFC's tried to do that too many times with Kiffin and Sark. You got to kind of move on. Uh, but here's a voicemail question about Norm Chow. We'll get your thoughts on that. Hello, sir. This is uh, Art uh, from the Bay Area. Uh, Miss, um, sir, I would just like to say that uh, you repeatedly said that you don't think Norm Chow was a, is an option. Uh, I listened to Coach Harvey Hyde. He said definitely Norm Chow is in play. He brings credibility. Uh, and I'm now listening to your uh, your podcast with Dan Weber about the situation with the office in the Cotton Bowl, about uh, not recognizing stuff, not knowing what to do, how to do it. And I think that um, bringing Norm Child back, uh, either capacity as an assistant uh, OC, uh, the consultant, uh, will bring uh, instant credibility. And uh, you always said uh, uh, Coach Clay Heavens should go to Lens 1, ask for, for more money. Uh, I think this would be a good situation. I think it would be benefit. Uh, be a benefit for USC Trojans. Coach Trojans, thank you very much. Art, thank you very much. And and again, uh, I agree with you. First of all, he has a great reputation, and I don't want to uh, dwell on Norm Chow, uh, but uh, just bringing him into as a consultant, even if he's not on the field coaching, brings you knowledge, years of experience, development of quarterbacks. All of the above lives locally in Southern California, about 40 minutes. Uh, Brian, he, Ryan, he lives right by you uh, to be at USC every day if necessary. And it would keep him very active. And I think you could learn a lot, especially in the quarterback area. But those are the type of things you have to be willing to do. Those are the type of things I think Coach Chow would take it as a compliment that you would invite him to be a part of your staff. You can't be looking at it as, oh, he was here, but he's not there anymore. Hey, don't be looking at things. What makes you better? you got to look at what makes you better. I mean, you've got great players who have played in the NFL. You've got great players who have coached in the NFL in college football. A lot of them live in Southern California, and they're not doing anything. Bring them in. Have them evaluate talent. Just have them hanging around and telling their stories to young players. Motivate them. And it brings more authority on your campus and in your co- on your coaching staff because these young guys look up to them, and they don't mess with them, and they do what they tell them to do. And I think it's great to have this type of quality around your program. And I think Lynn Swan is the type of guy that understands that. I think Clay Helton should understand it and the rest of the coaching staff. And you can't be intimidated by having these type of people around. You've got to look forward to having them on your sideline talking to parents Uh, talking to young recruits that come, and all of the above. I think that's all part of keeping the tradition of USC, having Brad Buddy come and talk to the team, guys that have all this emotion, Uh, Munoz. I mean, golly, look at the stars that USC can put around their football program. I think it would be awesome. Yeah, and, and, and what I'm talking about most of the time is like, don't don't look for Norm Chow to be the next offensive coordinator at USC. But no, I love I love what no. Coach Chow said. I mean Coach Har- Coach Hyde is saying, um, bring in him as a consultant, bring in big names. And I think what you the key is you have to feel comfortable. Um, and I think the problem of not having an established head coach, uh, someone that's new, maybe they don't feel comfortable with large presences, people that have their own cachet, people that have their own reputations being around them because. It can be a bit intimidating, and so that's—I don't think you want to see that. I think you want to be able to see 
feel you want to surround yourself with people that could potentially take your job, right? I mean, I think that's the the main thing. And we're not really seeing that yet, but you know, I think it's a really important offseason coach. I would love to see him come in. Yeah, he's living in Manhattan Beach. I think his kids graduated from USC recently. Can he be an offensive consultant? I think that would be awesome if he would want to do it. I don't know if he would want to, but uh, at least talk to him. I think that'd be great. Nothing like uh, asking. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. And there are other people that have the same type of quality education uh, that uh, live in the Southern California area that are past coaches. And and uh, just to have them around and to be a part of your program brings back the tradition. I mean, you you want to see the tradition at practice. You want to see it in the office. You want to see it on campus. You want to see this type of tradition. This is what USC is all about, being bigger, better, faster, stronger than anybody else. And their alumni and their football programs and all the programs on campus, and you got to be able to go out and do that in order to be successful. And I don't want to throw your name out there, Coach, but, you know, Coach and I are available. We could be consultants. You want us to, you know, we know what's going on. We, you know, we, we have a, we have our fingers on the pulse of the USC fan base. We get all these questions. We hear it from all you guys. We know what's going on. We are available for consultants. We work cheap. What do you think, Coach? Yeah, you're right. And we want everybody to know, too, that Ryan and I just give you our opinion as far as from my coaching experience. I coached 25 years and, and these are the things I, I was able to, to put in place and also learn from other great coaches, being around great coaches and some of the uh, meetings we had, not at clinics, but uh, in restaurants, sitting around a table to all night talking about this and that and how did you solve this and how do you do this on defensively and sharing ideas with staffs and budgets and all the different things that you have to do uh, to, uh, uh, to win. During the off season, uh, when recruiting's done, you can't—you really do. You're on all these advisory boards together. We travel all over the place together. At least we did when I coached. I mean, we went to the Caribbean and we had uh, meetings. We were on boards of shoe companies, and you know, all of this. And we we really shared a lot of information. And I just hope that they're still continuing that, and people are willing to find out. I mean, I would go to some of these programs, and I say, you know, I got a graduate assistant position open uh, you guys got anybody that you really think would fit this type of role and we'd be able to get names and by hiring somebody from Clemson program Clemson program when Danny Ford was there I got a little bit of what was happening down in the ACC I got a little bit of what he was doing to win national championships on come in my office and break it down for me and get different ideas and so on so you got to be able to bring in people that are uh, I like successful high school coaches, too, because they have contacts with all the – they walk in an office and everybody knows them when it comes to recruiting. And a successful junior college coach on your staff, like so many times that USC has had in the past, where they can go to junior colleges and everybody knows who they are and they respect them and they hope someday maybe I can make the same step from where I'm coaching to USC or a high school coach from where I'm coaching – to USC, which used to be a normal pattern at USC and other coaching staffs. And some of the other coaching staff, it's still happening. So these are just ideas that we're throwing out and thoughts uh, just for all of you to digest. Now, I don't have those same kind of coaching uh, credentials that Coach Harvey Hyde has. Now, I did coach some college uh, club volleyball so and you know, and some high school stuff. But, uh, you know, I've been covering the team for 22 years, so I got, I got some insight there. But, yeah, we'll work cheap. 
USC, you know, give us a call and we'll, we're, we'll be there. All right, we got a couple more questions from Tark, and we'll let you go, Coach. He says, do all the questions and concerns about USC reduce to the fact that as a staff and as a team, they are undisciplined? Well, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't know if they're undisciplined or not. I know that the things I watch – uh, I hope they're not undisciplined, but I look at little things. Like I said, termites can eat away a big building. And and I think you can't allow things to go. You always hear me stress on that as far as your parents to, to the way you dress, the way you play, the way you walk, the way you wear a helmet, the way you represent our university, the way you practice, the way you study, the way you act as a gentleman, uh, and all of the different things. And... Uh, yeah, I do. I, I think that uh, all of these things make a difference uh, to you, your program, and everything you do. So uh, I don't know if I answered that correctly. Give me the point again that he wanted me to get to directly. Well, the basically the, the problems, all the concerns about yeah. the team, do you think it all boils down to that the not staff... Yeah, they're not disciplined. Well, you know... I think you, discipline is something you hear sometimes, too. Like if someone makes an error or if someone isn't doing or practicing hard, uh, you let people know. You don't let them get away with certain things. I mean, a guy drops a pass, you just, we used to say, uh, get out of there. Put someone else in there. Got to let them know the importance of following through and completing a certain thing or if we're getting beat too much on pass rush when we're going one-on-one, I'll tell the guy on defense, hey, you can't practice against us. You're too good for us. It just humiliates sometimes kids to, to play up to a bigger level. Or when a guy makes a great block and do something like that, take him out and say, you can't, you're too good to block. Uh, you're blocking our defense too good. You shouldn't play. I think you've got to be able to demand excellence. And they've got to respect you when you talk. When I used to talk to the team, and I'm sure people do this, I'd Tell them to look up at me. Don't look at the ground. Don't be talking to someone in the background. And that goes to my assistant coaches, too. When we're talking, everybody gather up in here. I don't want anybody else in this huddle but me. And this is what I think about today's practice or what, what I'm talking to you about tonight or what, I'm, what we're going to do. And I want your attention. And if somebody didn't want to do that, then I'd call them up or whatever, and I'd say, you talk to the team. You got all the stuff you want to tell them. Tell them, what is it so damn important that you're talking when I'm talking? I think you have to have a certain respect from people, from your team, from your staff. Plus, you've got to let every staff member know, whether it's a manager, whether it's an equipment guy, no matter what it is, how important his role is and how important it is for him not to let down his effort also and his duties and responsibilities that the balls are ready and the sleds are ready and the equipment is ready and the shoes are polished and all of the above. And the socks are brand new and they can be worn the way they're expected to be worn. Everybody's got to understand how important they are to the program, and that starts from the head football coach. And if you let one area go, you've got to have six eyes on your head. You're not only coaching, but you're watching everything else that's going on on your field. And the other groups with your trainers, with players on the sideline, with fans. If you spot somebody you should run over and say hi to, 
welcome to our practice and so on, come out here with me. Those are the things that you are got to be sharp above, about to be able to be in control of your entire program. So, uh, you know, this is just part of the thing that you, you do as a head football coach. Not everybody can be a head football coach, and, everybody, and some are very bad at being a head football coach, and some are excellent at being a head football coach. But I think it's important that you understand that it's not all you, but you're the one in charge to demand the type of excellence that you want so that you can win a football team and everybody game, and everybody has their responsibilities, and they take the pride in doing that job better than anyone else. All right, Coach, i got one last one for you, also from Tarek. What are the main things USC needs to work on come spring football? Oh, man, I'll tell you. He, like, he has you simple questions. Wear me that, out today? Yeah, he has simple questions, short questions that have, like, a lot of thought that have to go into them. Well, uh, what they have to work on is I, I always think, you, you know, this when you get tough, I think you got to be tough physically, offensively, and defensively. You know, I don't know how many days you can hit. They've changed all that stuff. Going out there where you can only hit so many days in the spring, man, you get it on. If you survive the spring, uh, you are a football player. Uh, now it's not like that, and that's why football is different. And uh, you don't have many days to really uh, become better as a team. But like I told you, you gotta you gotta practice to be good. I'd scrimmage more. I personally would. I'd take a chance. And the days I could be in full pads, I just wouldn't scrimmage on Saturday. Hell, I'd throw the bags away, and we'd hit it on Wednesday, inside, outside, goal line. Uh, we'd go through all the things live. That's the only way you can learn how to play and then watch them on tape, scrimmage on Saturday. I, I don't know what all the you know, rules are today, but I think you can be in pads a couple days a week or three days a week. I wouldn't waste those pads of just running around. We'd be in contact drill immediately. Our first drill uh, with the receivers would not be catching the football. It would be blocking. you got to make them understand that blocking is part of the game. Catching is something you can do every day. You can't do blocking in, in shorts. We'd start every day with blocking, full speed. They'd understand that blocking is a part of the game. We'd do all the things that we could do to become a better football team. And uh, we'd do it in pads. I think that's one thing I'd do. And the same thing on the defensive side of the ball. You'd want to work on the blocking part as far as your DBs getting off the block to make a tackle. And you can't be afraid of your backs getting tackled. You can't be afraid of anything. you got to go out there and be, lose a guy, you lose a guy, but you're better as a football team. Next guy up. And uh, you never want to look at it that way, uh, but that's how you become a better football team. And then, again, the only way your quarterbacks are going to become better quarterbacks and be ready for the fall is they got to be under full power. Uh, they got to be out of full speed. they got to do things, walking through things and knowing they're not going to be – hit well you're not going to hit them but you got to let them see the live action and and know what it's all about with officials out there all the time and yes you protect your quarterback you don't allow them to be hit but the only way they get better everybody on the football team is to play football i say it over and over and over so that's one thing i would do i'd have a very physical spring coach harvey hyde all right well good stuff um really interesting uh off season Kind of what we expected so far. We'll see if there's any kind of coaching changes. You know, there's 
there's people to be hired still, at least, because USC gets a 10th assistant and still hasn't replaced Tyson Helton. So um, there's at least some hirings that should should be happening. Will other changes be made? You know, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but it's been pretty quiet on the USC front. So uh, we'll keep you up to date on what's going on. And uh, again, like I said, I got a lot of questions like post-Cotton Bowl and stuff that were just kind of general questions or like that weren't for Coach Hyde or Dan or anyone's particular. So I'll try to do a solo podcast and get to all those because we don't we don't want your questions to go unanswered. Just we just got a whole bunch in a short period of time. Um, well, Coach, thanks again. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde, and I look forward to talking again next week, Coach. Hey, Brian, thank you very much, and for all of you out there, Happy New Year! And uh, we'll be back with you next week, and uh, uh, keep them coming in. Because without you, we don't have a show. Yeah, we love the questions. Keep sending them in. Keep texting. Keep calling. Uh, we do appreciate all of the uh, the the input and that you guys put in the show because that's really what drives the show is all of your questions all right well thanks again to coach i'm ryan abraham publisher of uscfootball.com thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk to you next time tickets 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 sc tickets is your concert sports and theater ticket source we have the tickets you need to any event worldwide football tickets are now available Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287, that's 1-800-888-7287, or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.